Good morning and welcome to Community Pulse here on KOPN 89.5 FM. Today on Community Pulse, we'll be airing an interview recorded just this morning with host Jenny Chadwick and two members of the Columbia, Missouri National Teachers Union. The Columbia Public School Board has proposed a new model for a return to school that they will be voting on later tonight at 6.30 p.m. That meeting will take place at 1818 West Worley later tonight at 6.30 p.m. So on the program today, we'll be hearing from two teachers, Kathy Steinhoff of Hickman High School and Anne Aloft of West Boulevard Elementary as they share their stance on the proposed changes. So we're going to get right into it. This is a pre-recorded interview with Jenny Chadwick and the two members of the Columbia, Missouri National Teachers Union. Hope you enjoy. Thank you guys both so much for joining me. Um, I have the Columbia, Missouri National Teachers Association on this morning, um, and I'll take a moment to let you guys introduce yourself, but we have so much to talk about today because there is an important school board meeting tonight. Um, so Kathy and Ann, can you both introduce yourselves and let us know just a little bit? Um, I know we've had you guys on um, Community Pulse before, but let us know a little bit about the Columbia, Missouri National Teachers Association. Kathy. Hi, my name is Kathy Steinhoff and I am the president of CMNEA, the Columbia, Missouri National Education Association. We are a group of about almost 700 CPS employees who all come together under the belief that every child deserves a great public school. We also act as a union on behalf of the teachers of CPS. And my, um, my real job, however, is I teach at Hickman High School. This is my 33rd year in the district as a math teacher in CPS. And I know that you have been both of my daughter's math teachers, full disclosures for our listeners, and they have loved having you. Um, and Anne, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, good morning. My name is Anne Alofs. I am the second vice president at, um, of the CMNEA organization. And I teach third grade at West Boulevard Elementary. And this is my 27th year in service to the children and families of Columbia Public Schools. Well, between the two of you, we have several decades of Columbia Public School history. So you guys know well what happens within our school district. Um, so on Tuesday of last week, the school board met um, and I, I watched a majority of the meeting. I was making dinner for my um, family as well, which, um, you know, the dedication of our Columbia um, Public School Board members through this pandemic, um, I'm very impressed um, with the conversation that they're having publicly um, compared to a lot of bodies in our community, um, looking at, you know, the time that they're taking in, and deliberating. But, you know, we heard a very new proposal last week, and it was something that um, when I heard it, it was new to me, but I didn't think that it would be new to the teachers hearing it. So can you tell me, and tell our listeners just a little bit about the new proposal that was put forth at Tuesday's informational school board meeting and, and what you guys knew about it prior to that meeting. Well, it's a proposal to bring all of our elementary students back four days a week. And I think what confuses some people is that the hybrid model may have sounded like a four day a week plan, but we were only bringing back half the students at a time, half on Monday and Tuesday and the other half on Thursday and Friday. This new proposal is to bring all the students back Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Wednesday would still be an instructional day, but it would be from a distance. And they were planning to bring um, elementary back 
by October 19th and then follow with middle school November 5th, but then to delay the uh, high school start until January 19th. All of those um, under this four-day return. And did I leave anything out on that? Nope, you got it. And when you say they were planning on, that is what the Columbia Public School Board in their school board meeting this evening will be voting on, correct? Or I, believe, I believe that is correct. Yes, and I want to be careful about how I say that. I, I know I use the words they were. It doesn't mean that they aren't anymore. It's just that the, what the proposal was. Um, I know that a lot of media played that as the, the administration is recommending. I don't even think that it should be titled as a recommendation of administration. It was um, to respond to the school board's request. If we brought everyone back, what would it look like? And so the administration brought forth, this is what it would look like. So Kathy, I watched that meeting though, and I felt the sentiment of it was here, we're making a new proposal and this new proposal, and we can talk about the pros and cons based on what the teachers perceive, but the new proposal will help alleviate some of the concerns that the Columbia Public School parents were sharing with um, the board and the administration about um, how we're going to bring kids back to school, especially considering that a lot of kids have created what we're deeming pods at home where they've clustered kids into groups and that bringing the hybrid model back, we would only be bringing in, you know, kids through the letter M or, you know, wherever we decide to divide that alphabet. Um, and that that might split some pods. And so the benefit to this four day model was the pod splitting. And then we know that there's downsides to the four-day model. Can, from the teacher's perspective, can you guys maybe share with us the concerns that I've heard in the community as well about what's the downside to this four-day model that was proposed? And do you wanna start with that? Well, first, I think that maybe, at least from my what I'm hearing in my perspective, um, I think one of the concerns about the hybrid is that young children would be left um, three days a week without teacher interaction and would be five days a week in between the time we see them and the time we see them again. And Anne, can you go just a little bit in depth of why would they be five days a week or, you know, three weekdays without instruction? Explain that hybrid two-day model to our listeners. So in the hybrid model, I would teach my lessons to the first part of the alphabet on Monday and Tuesday. And then those children would go home and I would not see them until the following Monday again. And um, while they were at home, they would have lessons to do on their own, lessons that Columbia Public Schools teachers have been working hard to develop. And we've been working on those on Wednesdays right now. Um, then I would teach the same set of lessons on Thursday and Friday to the second half of the alphabet and um, it would continue on like that. So then I would not see those Thursday, Friday children again after they leave on Friday till the following Thursday. And what we know right now is as, as kids are at home fully online that they're getting you know online instruction four days a week right now. So Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, they're getting to see you in your classroom for those four days of instruction. And so with the hybrid two-day model, the downside would be that they would be self-learning, not to say that CPS teachers wouldn't be providing curriculum because that's what I hear, 
that they would be self-paced learning for those other three days. Is that right? Yeah, and I'm not sure. Right now, they're actually seeing me on Wednesdays as well um, because I teach a, a social and emotional lesson on Wednesday morning. And then in the afternoon for grades three through five, they see their specialist teachers. And honestly, I'm not sure where we are with hybrid planning on what Wednesdays would completely look like. Um, I might be seeing them on Wednesday for a brief amount of time. But yes, that would be the concern is that young children would be asked to um, just work on their own a lot. And what's the benefit to this two-day hybrid model from the teacher's perspective? Well, we get them in the seat, first of all. I mean, getting to interact in person with children is definitely something we are missing. And being able to do work with them that is not um, on a screen. So being able to work with crayons and scissors and um, interact a little bit is missing. Um, and then the other piece that's really important about the hybrid model that um, I think many of us were interested in is our ability to socially distant in the classroom. And so we would have half the students at once, which would give us some space. And so for our listeners, because they can't see into your classroom, when you're looking at bringing in half of the class, are you able to spread them six feet apart and give them the distance that they need? And I also, I want you to dive into eating lunch in the classroom, because I hear that that's where it's gonna happen. Well, so um, right now I currently have 18 students, so that would be nine students. And I could distance them close to six feet apart, if not six feet apart. I think, although I have not measured it lately since I've added some students to my roster. Um, and then, yes, they would, for me, it would not just be eating lunch in the classroom, it's also breakfast. I serve breakfast to all of my students in the classroom during arrival time. So I would be serving two meals a day to the children in the classroom. And so we know that they'll be taking off their mask, right? Um, right. And it sounds like you know, I've heard some teachers have upwards of 26 kids in their classroom. So you might have a smaller class than most teachers. Is that what you feel might, I mean, do you hear other teachers having more students in their classroom? I think in my building at West Boulevard, I am at the upper end. Okay. Um, but, you know, we're public school. And when families move, we provide an education. So there is no way to limit effectively the number of students that walk into the office and register to be in third grade. So I think, yeah, we have some numbers bigger than 18, I think, across the district, but I can't speak to that you know, specifically, but I also know we have numbers lower than 18. So uh, Kathy, being at an entirely different level of education, what do you see as the benefit to high school students in this two-day model? Um, it's very similar to what Ann had described. I think they're excited to see their kids and that, that although they're not crazy about the hybrid model, it gives them a chance to do that and to socially distance. We are also very concerned about our ability to, to support our students those other three days of the week. I think one of the things that as teachers that we did not anticipate is the amount of time that we are spending doing these one-on-one -on -one contacts, checking all of the different virtual systems to see if a student has turned something in or has, asked, has messaged us on this platform. 
And um, so just reaching out to families, checking all those little boxes, really connecting back and forth. It's so much more individual, something that used to take just a quick, literally one minute conversation with a student at their desk now ends up taking several days by the time you've reached out to them and you actually get a response back. Um, so, but the other part of the hybrid model, I think that we need to remember at the secondary level is the mixing of classes. So even though we might be able to control the social distancing a little better, those students are mixing with each other throughout the entire building. And the lunchroom, I, I, don't, even, I don't even know if there's been a solution um, to the lunchroom plan. Uh, maybe middle school uh, administrators have been looking at it in these last in this last week. Um, I had heard through the grapevine they might be looking at six lunch shifts in order to make it so we could actually reduce the numbers. And as you can imagine, six lunch shifts is probably really, um, you know, messing up the class time around lunch time. I'm sure it's a lot of split classes around that. So there's not consideration at a secondary education level for the students to eat in their classrooms? I do not believe there has been a consideration of that. And another thing I wanted to point out, because I know you said six foot distancing. When we first adopted the model that has all of the different levels, like 10, 10 per 10,000 and under, we would be fully in person. And from, from say 11 to 49, we would be hybrid and you know 50 and above, we would be virtual. The 11 to, to 49, so to speak, number was um, Director Browning had said that we could get by with three feet of social distancing. So you're looking at right now this um, proposal to return four days a week with all of our students does not even allow three feet of social distancing. And we had surveyed our members just, just Thursday and Friday um, at the middle or at the elementary level, only 29% of our elementary teachers said that they could socially distance their entire roster with three feet between students. And at the middle school level, it was only 22% that said that they could do that. So we are not looking at encroaching on six feet. We're looking at encroaching on three feet with our and students. To be clear for our listeners, that's if we bring all the students back into the classroom. So that's if, if we bring go to that four-day model. Right. We believe with the hybrid, we could do three feet, not six, but three feet. But with bringing every student back those um, data points that I just shared with you, teachers could not do three feet in their classroom. And then at the elementary school level with the four day week model, we're expecting kids to obviously mask off during eating times. Um, you know, it was pointed out to me that we see the school board, they do come together and meet in person, but they're in their mask and they're sitting six feet apart, right? And so we might be asking our students to do something that our school board might not even be comfortable with doing. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and let's give them all a bag of potato chips and tell them they have to eat it while they're sitting there in that meeting. <laughs> um, okay, so what are some of the, the creative things that CPS teachers are thinking about to help support the decision that the school board is having to make tonight. Has, have you guys taken an official stance on a position for the proposals or? I think we continue to promote following the advice of our health experts. Um, you know, we are not experts. We can look at these numbers and we can say they're going up or they're going down, but we really don't know how that impacts transmission rates. So many things um, from a physical and medical standpoint, we have no idea. So we just lean on our health experts. And 
the top three things we keep hearing them say from the very beginning is hand washing, mask wearing, social distancing. And that social distancing is so important. So we are really at a loss of what to do other than to just continue to recommend that we need to respect their opinion. Um, okay, so as we go into this decision tonight, um, have you been hearing from parents? Because I know that oftentimes members of the community don't always know who their school board members are, but they know who their teachers are. So ha have you heard anything directly from parents about the excitement or the reservation, and especially with high school not coming back until next semester? I have not been hearing that much. Anne, have you? No, I have not. I, I think, you know, I interact with my families really regularly, and I have not had anyone um, tell me what they are thinking either way. I know some families are very eager to get their children back in the seat, as are we. Um, and so I know that um, I have one family who, you know, uh, is new to Columbia and was surprised to find that we are not in seat. And so um, I've gotten a little feedback from parents on that, but I haven't heard parents telling me either way about they're concerned or um, they're eager. They haven't contacted me directly. And my, and my personal parents of my students, <laughs> Um, I've heard mixed messages. Some of them are very frustrated with virtual and they're concerned about their students engaging in the platform. But I've also heard from parents who their students are being more successful this year than they've ever been. And I think that it also reflects regular school, just when we right. have before pandemic. School is a great place for some kids and not so great for other kids. You know, it's not always a one size fits all approach. So that that would be what I, I have been pleasantly surprised with how many teachers parents have said that their their students are performing well in this platform. And Kathy, earlier you mentioned this um, model that the Columbia Public School adopted very early on in making the decision, whereas if we go under 10 cases per um, 10,000 people within the CPS school district, um, we would start five day in person. And um, as of yesterday, um, we are at 33.5. So we have dropped um, We've dropped well below the hybrid two-day model now at that would be if you were between 10 and 50, then we would go to that hybrid two-day model. When we adopted this, we didn't know everything about how all virtual would go. So can you guys share with me, how is it going all virtually right now for you guys? Um, for me, I have had great attendance. I had, um, for the month of September, I had over, I think, 96 point some percent of my students logging in um, every day for every lesson. So that's been great. Um, the technology support I've had at the building level has been amazing. Um, and to remind our listeners, you're third grade at, at West. West Boulevard, yeah. Um, but it has meant um, parents bringing iPads in at times. It has meant, you know, me doing a driveway driveway consult with people at times. So and engagement is is always an issue in elementary school. You know, if they're not really, really engaged, then it's hard to see the outcomes that we want. And um, I think that's my biggest concern right now with our virtual model is that I don't see the level of engagement that I would like to see from all of my students. 
but it's going. It's it's been a long hard learning curve, um, but they show up and they're excited and they act happy about it. So, you know, children persevere. And we heard at the Columbia Public School Board informational meeting that attendance right now is actually up within the district on um, attending. And it sounds like you might be seeing that similar trend in your third grade classroom. Yeah, I think, you know, most of my students, um, you know, of course, you know, they have parents who are involved. And so I have the benefit that Kathy doesn't, that when a child isn't on, I can text the parent and say, hey, he's missing math. And all of a sudden there they show up. (laughs) Believe it or not, Kathy, you could text the high school parents too. And we would appreciate that. But we may not be quite as involved (laughs) as third grade parents. So Kathy, what is it looking like in your um, high school math class? Well, you know, obviously when you get to the older students, it's a little different. They are a little bit more independent or a lot more independent. And we are able to say things like, you know, go to this website, click on this button. And we can we can get most students to do that a little quicker, I would imagine, than in Anne's case, where she probably has to talk them through a lot more. And our students are a little bit more tech savvy. So those things are definitely helping. They are not um, always as excited as maybe Ann's students are to be on the Zooms. However, we are getting a high rate of participation in our Zooms. We, um, at the upper levels, really tried to make sure that all of our instruction was accessible to students pretty much at any time, because we knew that it could be that many of our secondary students would be babysitting their younger brothers and sisters and helping them get onto their learning platforms. And so I'm finding, and I think my colleagues are too, that we have a lot of students that are accessing the work at like three o'clock in the morning or, you know, 12 o'clock at night. They're getting on at different odd hours, but they are engaging in the work and they're getting some things done. Are all of them? No, not all of them. And we are really trying to reach out to try to meet the needs of those students that aren't engaging. But, you know, we also had that same situation in school before a pandemic. We um, were always trying to reach out to make sure that we could get all students engaging in the work. And we know that high school students don't necessarily have the same circadian rhythm as their high school teacher. And so as we see them getting on at those odd hours, it's not totally surprising, um, right? And and maybe we're allowing them to work when they are at their best. Um, So when we think about grades, I think we have an IPR coming out or um, how overall have grades looked? And would you say you're being easier on them this semester because it's all online? Um, To some degree, we probably are being easier because we have cut quite a bit of content in order to achieve this amazing feat of of delivering all of our instruction online. Um, Our IPRs did just come out last week. I think we do have a few more uh, lower grades than we're used to seeing, but it's also a very different situation because we're doing the four by four model at the same time. So we're compressing everything. This whole year is going to get be done by um, semester and so even though our first IPR came out, it was like a, you know, it was like a semester in a way. It was it was kind of, or I, I should take that back. It was like a quarter. So we're they're getting fewer IPRs. So we're technically further into the coursework before we have given a report. And as you all know, as parents, sometimes kids step up a little bit more as soon as that first report comes out. So we're hoping to see a real change in the next couple of weeks, just as students are starting to realize this is really counting for something and that they will get a grade card November 5th, which a lot of them did not realize. 
And right. for our listeners who don't maybe have high school students, um, what the Columbia Public School has done is they've gone to this four by four model and that the students, rather than having eight classes at the high school or the secondary education level, they're having four classes in a, and they're getting those classes done in an entire semester. So almost like a college schedule. And then they will do four different classes the second semester. Um, they've also heavily loaded those AP classes. So um, our Columbia Public School offers AP classes. And to my knowledge, those AP classes are all in the first semester. So do we think maybe that might be why students are struggling? And with this consideration that the school board is making tonight, the high school would not get to be in seat at all this semester. How do you think that that impacts those students in all AP classes or the students who are not in AP classes, but in this four by four model in high school, Kathy? Well, I think the longer that we wait to make any changes, it may not benefit our students anyway. I mean, once we've gotten to this point, if we were to bring students back, which um, could be happening, there is gonna be a, a transition curve. Those kids that have been staying up and doing their work at three o'clock in the morning, their, their whole sleep schedule is gonna to have to recycle itself. They're going to have to get used to classroom routines of not only, I mean, even though they may know their teachers by now by seeing them on Zoom, as you, as you can imagine, being in a classroom with classmates next to you that you may or may not know, it's gonna be like the beginning of the school year all over again. And so it's gonna really slow our rhythm down of our coursework and what we've been doing. So as we, if we wait longer and longer, uh, I know at one point they talked about maybe we bring the students back January 6th. I think that that would um, take a negative impact onto our coursework and our academic progress at that point. Well, and that's just a what, week or two before the semester is over. Right. Okay, so to finish this up, we've got, you know, several proposals on the table. The idea that we remain all online seems like that inevitably going to change because we have hit the rates that we had set. So the idea of the two-day model, from a high school perspective, what do you think that is gonna look like or how will it impact the education or that secondary education model? Um, hey, Kathy, I'm gonna, ladies, I have to um, pop off because I have children to teach. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ann. Um, you're speaking about the hybrid model, how that would affect secondary students. Yes. I think that the hybrid model, we had surveyed our members about that and they were not as excited about it. They felt like that they were going to be giving up on giving, not giving up, but giving in some of the opportunity to engage with students throughout the week in order to, as I, as I talked earlier about uh, checking in with students and making sure they're accessing things and making sure they're turning things in because even though the students might only be in class two days per week, what the community needs to understand is that their teachers are working five days per week. So it's not like the teacher has three days to check in with that student because that, those three days are being spent dealing with other, other students that are on their roster. So, so teachers were- Can I ask you a quick question, Kathy? Because from an elementary standpoint, I can understand how the teachers couldn't zoom in and instruct, but when we go to a, a hybrid two-day model, could it be possible for the teachers to be zooming in the kids that are not in person, just out of curiosity? Um, right. That is something that we had talked about at the very beginning, and actually we were a little afraid that that was going to be expected of us. Um, we were told by administration it would not I know in theory, it sounds like it'd be really easy, but like 
we are teaching from a laptop that has a screen that's about eight by 12. And so when you're trying to do that and you're trying to navigate Zoom and monitor a chat and allow students online to ask questions as well as students in your classroom, and you likely have say smart notebook pulled up so that you can deliver instruction and you might also have Schoology pulled up. It's, it's a lot to navigate in that small space with that small screen. <laughs> um, so it, it is something that we uh, as teachers were worried about being able to do. I mean, just being able to pull that off in a way that didn't frustrate all, all the students, the students that were in person as you're dealing with one student who's texting you or emailing you and saying they can't get online or they can't pick up on something. Um, so we, we would like to stay away from that model. We don't think that we have the technology supports to do that well. All right, so very last thoughts before we wrap up and thank you so much, Kathy. I think that the school board has a really difficult decision to make tonight. I agree that they do. I, I know that we have done a survey, we have several surveys this year and we've delivered those surveys to the board to help them see into kind of teachers' minds of what they're thinking. And just like our community, we're all not, not of the same mind. We have some teachers that were ready to go back in the beginning, um, but, most, I would say, are concerned about the, the, um, the distancing, the social distancing aspect. But I know the school board is also hearing from a lot of parents. I'm just not sure that they're hearing from all parents. So right now, the loudest voices that they are hearing are asking for a full return. And the safety aspects of that concern me. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for the time. And that's it for today's edition of Community Pulse. Once again, we heard from host Jenny Chadwick interviewing two members of the Columbia Public School, uh, excuse me, the Columbia Missouri National Teachers Union, uh, speaking on the upcoming proposed changes that will be discussed at the Columbia Public School Board meeting later tonight. Uh, we heard today from Kathy Steinhoff of Hickman High School and Anne Aloft of West Boulevard Elementary. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear it again, you can catch it online at kopn.org and also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Coming up next is Between the Lines.